This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Mets victorious 11-2 in the opener of their double dip with the Marlins, so potentially a big blow to Miami's playoff chances. So with the loss tonight, or this afternoon, tonight, whatever you want to say, Miami's now one full game back of the Chicago Cubs for that last wild card in the National League. So we'll see what happens here in game number two. Yanks just about to get underway against the Blue Jays with Garrett Cole his final start of the season, which will likely result in a Cy Young. But we're talking football, of course. Jets back to work. Chiefs come calling on Sunday night. And, you know, just to give you a little bit of a heads up, tomorrow Nathaniel Hackett's going to do a press conference, his weekly press conference to meet with the media so you get to hear the offensive coordinator's take on the state of affairs. And the quarterback. The quarterback is set to speak tomorrow in the locker room after practice. So I'm sure that uh, they will not exactly be the easiest questions that either one of those two gentlemen will have to face, but, hey, it comes with the territory, right? That's what you sign up for, and they get paid a lot of money for this. And if you're not producing and it's a results-oriented business, you know, the media is going to come at them probably with some difficult questions. And we'll see um, what some of the answers are. We'll see if the fans uh, are satisfied with what they have to hear. Before we get back to the calls, I mentioned, so Kansas City, you know, they're firmly gearing up for the Jets. And so now the media out there that cover the Chiefs are asking questions about the Jets and the struggles of the Jets. And, you know, what do you see when you look at the Jets on film? And it's no secret, right? Jet offense is woefully struggling right now. So Willie Gay, who's one of the starting linebackers for the Kansas City Chiefs, was in front of his locker today and was holding court with the media. And this question was posed to him by one of the assembled media members. When you look on tape, what are you seeing from Zach Wilson in their offense? Damn. That was a hard question, I can't lie. The team that want to run the ball, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of course, man, you know, not, not, that wasn't, you know, to be funny or anything, right. but A-Rod got hurt and they turned into a team where, like, in panic mode almost. That's what I see, at least. And um, they got great running backs, so now they're just trying to pound it, pound and ground, um, like they did, uh, what, what, what game was that? Who did they just – I don't know if they want or not, but uh, I feel like the running back's been rolling. So, uh, like I say, three great ones. So, that's, I feel like that's their game plan. He tried to catch himself there, right, giving credit to the running backs. And he was probably referring to the Buffalo game, you know, because that night the Jets actually did run the ball pretty well. They haven't been able to do that the last couple of times out. But if, if you see the video there, you know, you could see him kind of pause. He cracked a smile because you know what he really wanted to say. He wanted to say the same exact thing that we've been watching the last two weeks. The offense not good right now. Play the quarterback, not good. Had to be better. Now, I don't know that some people are going to take those comments and run with them and say, oh, well, you know what? The Jets are going to use that as bulletin board material for the game on Sunday. Please. Please. If they need, if they need the comments of a guy in the other uniform which is what's going to spur them on potentially to play better and to maybe win a football game, I I mean, I think we're way past that point. And trust me, if something like that is going to light a fire under a player, you guys have no idea what's said between the white lines during the game. Players here, 10 times worse than that, okay, to their face during a game. That's nothing. That's nothing. That was like, you know, Mother Goose reading nursery rhymes compared to what they hear on the field directed at them. 
Now you just got to go out there and produce. Let's say hi to Artie in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Art, how we doing? All right, Dan. Just to explain this to me, okay? You draft yeah. a kid in the second pick, right? Mm-hmm. Two years, and you've seen enough, right? You don't think he's the guy. Obviously, in your tone, I don't think you think he's the guy. And, you know, 95% of the fans don't, media don't, okay? I'm not saying he is. I'm saying I'm not sure because I don't know. The first game against Buffalo, okay, nobody said a word. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they won. But if you look at his stats and how he played compared to the, the last game, what were the yardage in, in running yards? And you're going to say, oh, you're, you're defending, okay? No. What were the yardage? They didn't run the ball. Did, did anybody – I'm sorry? No, they didn't run the ball the last they, two weeks. They couldn't run the ball, mm-hmm. right? And then you get a kid like Hardman and Gibson who could run, and they don't see the field. Like you said, this is Rodgers' offense. And I'm going to take a little bit of what the, the Denver coach said, okay? Horrible coaching. This is Rodgers' team. Okay, I don't think that he is in the best position right now. And here's the other question. Mm-hmm. You've got those three choices. The throw that he made between the, the, the safety to uh, mm-hmm. Lazaro, right? Lazard. How many quarterbacks can – that's why he got drafted. Right. Dude, you call up Chicago right now and tr- say, I'll trade you Wilson for Fields. I bet you they think about it. The Chicago's saying the same garbage about Fields right now. No, you know so what it is with Fields. I don't see how you could say that Simeon is their best chance to win. You think Simeon's got a picky talent that Zach's got? So why are we trying to find out? For sure? Why are we trying to develop this kid? You're going to give him three games and against the – go look at the top defenses and you'll see Buffalo – Dallas and Kansas City. Can he play against Denver, who's garbage defense? And you know what? If he throws 70 yards against Denver, you know what? I'll call you, Dan, and say, you know what? I don't blame for them to play Simeon. But for the fans to get on on him, and they're going to do that. They're going to get on Zach every bleep and throw. He didn't make one. He didn't make one turnover. He managed the game. He's not making the play calls. What do you want him to do? All the ball and say Gibson go long. He wasn't on the field. <laughs> Art, he, he threw Art, the ball I to love, the tiny All right, go ahead. Art, I love the optimism. Yeah. I do. I do. But here's the thing, and I thank you for the phone call. What you saw Sunday wasn't managing the game. That was a kid who was afraid to make a mistake. And by virtue of that, became gun shy and wasn't delivering the ball when there were plays to be made, okay? There's a lot of to this, you know, not seeing the field, not going through your reads and progressions the way you should. You could say three games, Art, right? But the fact of the matter is, is we're already in year number three. It's not like we're talking about a rookie, right? And Joshua Dobbs, for example. Josh Dobbs, and I look, I still don't think that the Cardinals are any good. Josh Dobbs was traded to the Cardinals at the end of August. So he had only been a member of the Cardinals for a month, 
he wasn't really acclimated up to speed on that offense as much as somebody else would be, let's say, that was, you know, part of the offseason program. Yet he's gone out there, played a good game on Sunday to beat the Dallas Cowboys, who the Jets couldn't do anything against. Week before that, put up how many points against the Giants, nearly won that game. So if he's able to go out there and function in a short amount of time, why is there really no substantial growth from this player already in year number three? Regardless of the fact whether you thought he was supposed to play or not or whether he was the intention was to get him on the field this year or not. You're on the team. If you're the backup, something happens. The old saying, you're only a bullet away. Well, his bullet got called four plays into the season. And it worked one night, but since then it really hasn't gone off. And it's not about talent. See, like you said, Trevor Simeon gives you the best. Nobody's sitting here trying to say that Trevor Simeon's more talented than Zach Wilson or Josh McCown's more talented than Zach Wilson. No, they're not. But there's more to playing quarterback than just being an athletic freak, than being able to throw the ball wherever you want it to, to be able to be an outstanding combine quarterback, right, when you're running around in T-shirt and shorts or when you're at your pro day. Once you put the helmet on and the bullets are flying at you and you got to think, you got to process, you have to try to make sense of everything that is coming at you, that's when you find out if you got the goods or not. Right? I mean, look at C.J. Stroud already with the Houston Texans. Number two pick in the draft, couple of games into his NFL career. Look at what's happening with him already. He's putting up numbers. He's producing. And the fact of the matter is, too, is that you have coaches who, unfortunately, their jobs are tied to the production of these players. And you could say, have patience, have patience. This isn't development anymore. Last year was development. The year before that was development. This is you got to win games. Because that's why Aaron Rodgers is here. If they still wanted to develop and they thought that they could still develop, they wouldn't have gone out and traded for Rodgers. Rodgers instead was thought to be the missing piece. We're past development now. This team was put together to win and to contend, right? That's why Hard Knocks was here. That's why they got all these primetime games this year and national TV games because they thought they would be a draw. And that's changed, right? It's changed. And, yeah, you know what? You talk about Nathaniel Hackett. I, I, I told you guys the story on September the 12th. The show we did on that Tuesday, right after the opener. What did I tell you? And I'll I'll, I'll reiterate it now. I had a conversation with Hackett on the field before that Bills game, just the two of us. About 20 minutes we sat there, talked about the offense, having Aaron. And I'll never forget one of the things he said. He said, this is finally the offense that he and I want to run. Because remember, they were in Green Bay together, and while certainly they had a huge input in it, you still had Matt LaFleur, who was the head coach, and is the guy who also wanted to incorporate his own wrinkles and his own two cents into it. But now it was hands-off. It was Rodgers, it was Hackett, it was Hackett, it was Rodgers. Aaron this, Aaron that, Aaron this, Aaron that. And why wouldn't it be like that? That's what they built this whole thing up for, and it was finally going to pop. It was finally going to be showcased to the world on that Monday night. And then four plays into the season, gone. Finished. Like, you are barely even in your seat. And all that work, all the buildup, all the hype, gone. And you know what? 
it's tough for somebody to just step into those shoes if they're the wrong size. Right? I can't wear shoes that are, you know, two sizes too big, for example, and go out there and, you know, go running. I'll probably trip over and fall on my face and scrape it up. So they're going to have to take some time to kind of alter this thing and modify this system because what they wanted to run with Aaron Rodgers and the plays that pop for Aaron Rodgers, they're not popping the same way for Zach Wilson. But what complicates matters is, is that when you go into a game and you're playing an opponent who realizes, you know what, I got an unproven quarterback I'm going up against. So I'm going to take away the one thing that they think they could do most, and that's run the football, make sure that they don't get away with that, and I'm going to dare this quarterback to beat me with his arm. And until he's proven that he can go ahead and accomplish that, I'm not going to change my approach. Like everybody's going to say, oh, well, you know, hey, Bill Belichick put out the, the blueprint on how to shut down that jet offense. No, he didn't. Belichick is great in everything he does, but you know what? It doesn't take a genius like Belichick to figure out how to stop this offense. You put an extra guy in the box, dare him to throw the ball, and if they're not completing passes, the sure as hell ain't going to be able to run it. And especially if the quarterback is holding the ball too long because he's afraid of what he sees and doesn't trust his reads and is afraid to deliver the football in the hope that he might make a mistake, that's how you get home to the quarterback and start putting even more pressure on him. Not good enough. It's not good enough. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking football, talking Jets. Let us say hi to Frank and Belmore, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Frankie, hey, how hey, are Dan, you? Thanks. Hey, how you doing, Dan? I, I enjoy listening to you. Um, you know, for a few years now, I, I've watched Sala talk in such generalizations and I don't see any progress with the decision making of Zach Wilson. It's almost like when I, I watched the Yankees for five years, so many players regress instead of, instead of make progress. And I, something's wrong with the system. Something's wrong with the coaching. I can't put my finger on it. Obviously these guys are, are professional coaches, but mm-hmm. something is wrong. If this kid's decision making is still where it is after three years, and still Salah gets up there today and says, "Well, he's got to be better." Which way does he have to be better? What specifically does he have to do? It's very frustrating to watch a kid that's talented and not be able to make any decisions different than he did three years ago. What is going on in this organization? Something's missing. Something's but missing you- somewhere. But, Frank, let me ask you a question, though. Would he be the only case study 
of a quarterback that's picked really high in the draft that just never fulfills all the potential? Absolutely not. But I think if you if you look at all the ones who didn't succeed, I think it's the mental capacity and coaching. Um, obviously, they have the physical abilities. You take Patrick Mahomes. You don't think he was benefited by Andy Reid? Uh, and we can go on and on and talk specific people. But I really think that they have not done this young man justice. I'm not a big Zach Wilson fan. I am a Jet fan. You know, mm-hmm. I'm born in '62. But I think that. I really think something is missing when when, it, when you look at the coaching of this young man. I really do. Yeah, I, I mean, Frank, that's the first thing that people are going to point to, and I thank you for the phone call. And, look, it is a, a quantum leap from playing, BY, or playing at BYU in that conference, specifically the competition he played against that last year that he was in school in 2020 when he really flourished compared to what he's dealing with right now. It's, it's a whole other stratosphere. But there's only so much coaching can do. Right? There's only so much coaching can do. Like, if Andrea Bocelli shows up at my front door tomorrow, first of all, I'd answer the door and say, what the hell are you doing here? Probably that would be my first question. Second question, I'd probably invite him in, guide him up the stairs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but play this under, keep this underneath. You'll drive home the point. This is the point I'm trying to make. Oh, this is beautiful. I might, I might cry before the end of this segment. Keep it going. So if he shows up and he says, Daniel, I hear that you want to be this wonderful Italian singer. I'm going to teach you how to sing like the greats in the universe. We could sit there all afternoon and night. And you know what? He could even sleep over for the week. A week straight, it could be like Andrea Bocelli's singing camp with him and me. I guarantee at the end of the week, I'm still not going to be able to sing as well as he sings. Right? That'd be one hell of a reality show, though, right? Like one guy sings really well but can't see. The other guy could see but can't sing very well. Sounds like a horrible, like, buddy comedy from the 80s. But it might work. It might work. You see my point, though? It doesn't matter, like, the greatest coaching in the world. It's not going to happen. Right? Sometimes you have to have it. And trying to pick quarterbacks, it's such an inexact science. I mean, guys, really, like, like think about it for a second. If the whole world thought that Tom Brady was going to be the greatest quarterback of all time, why did he last until the sixth round? The guy couldn't even hold down the starting job at Michigan consistently when he was in college, and he went to the sixth round. If, if... If, if, if Brock Purdy was going to do nothing but win, why did he last until the last pick of the draft last year? Right? Not just with the 49ers. Remember, the 49ers made how many other draft choices in that same draft before they turned in the card with Purdy's name on it? And there were 31 other teams that swung and missed on Brock Purdy. Other teams took quarterbacks who aren't even as good as Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy went to the right place, the right time, the right system, the right everything. Right? And he can say the same thing about Tom Brady, too. It's hard to figure out quarterbacks, right? You can't just put them in a laboratory and then make them how you want to make them. And then they're all going to be great. It doesn't work that way. Tony in Connecticut is up next here on 9870 ESPN. Tony, how are you? Good, Dan. How are you doing? Tone, what's going on? Uh, well, listen, I, I agree with a lot of what you said Um I, I do think, especially the point that you made, look, it's been two weeks since we lost Aaron Rodgers. 
And if you make an analogy to, let's say, a small company with a brilliant CEO, he or she gets hit by a bus, the company doesn't recover and is not running like a a, a well-oiled machine two weeks after that happens. And so, yeah, we're, we're, we're in a hangover from what happened, including the coaching staff and the players. I think that's to be expected, and we got to give them some time. Now, that being said, I was at the game on Sunday, as I know. I, I said hello to you after the game. Yep. On your birthday, no less. Absolutely. So, Were, were you I, able to I, at least salvage some of the birthday when you got home, at least something positive? Yeah, listen, I, you know, my, I was with my family. It's good to be alive. You know, it's good to be at a Jet game, win or lose. It's a great thing, right? So yes. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the day. But I, I got to tell you, Dan, I, I mean, listen, I think they got to get a little bit. I, I think we need to be a little bit more patient with Zach Wilson for the following reasons. The guy's got the arm talent. We know that. Do you see that, that Hail Mary that he threw went 65 yards in the air? He's got a strong arm. That fourth quarter drive that, went, that passed to Lazard on the sideline was a brilliant throw. Yep. And he's, 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 he's learning a new offense. He just learned the offense. And I know they went through OTAs and stuff, but I'm sure Aaron Rodgers got all, most of the reps just like he does in, in ordinary practice during the week. And I think it, Hackett has to really stretch the field a little bit and trust this guy. You know, Steve Young makes this point all the time that Zach Wilson is with a defensive coach and he's afraid to make mistakes because they always driving that home. And you could see the look in his eyes, Dan, before a game. You go on NBC and you, and you look at Zach Wilson's eyes. He looks like he's running scared even before the game. He's got, he doesn't have any confidence. They've got to build this guy's confidence up, and they've got to stretch the field a little bit. Mark Sanchez wasn't the greatest quarterback, but every once in a while they throw the ball downfield to Santonio Holmes and Braylon Edwards, and that opened up the running game. And they need to do that with this kid as well. Well, I, Tony, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, and I thank you for the phone call as always, and it was great seeing you on Sunday uh, after the game. But there's only so much the coaches could do. They could sit there in practice and drill certain things into players' heads. They can go into the classroom and they could point it out on film and correct the mistakes and tell them if we see this look, this is what you do, this, this, this. You could quiz them, you could test them, and they can have all the answers in the classroom. But you know what they can't do? They can't walk out there holding the guy's hand onto the field because then you get a penalty for too many men in the huddle if there's an extra coach out there. You can't walk them out onto the field, hold their hand, and stand behind them like you do in practice and say, that guy's open, throw him the ball. you got to process it and see it yourself. And, you know, Tony just said, like, well, why don't they let this kid air it out? Guys, it's not like they're calling plays to where they want him to throw the ball short. Why do you think wide receivers like Garrett Wilson are coming off the field angry? Because if you watch the tape, the coach's tape, where you see the whole field, these guys are running wide open in the secondary, and the ball is not coming out. What more can they do, right? What more can they do? There's only one guy that's responsible for delivering the football. Guys are open. If he's not seeing them, oh, well. Oh, well. Remember, last year, they were winning games. And that was the yeah, but last year. Like, they won, what, the five games or whatever their record was with him as the quarterback. When he came back from the injury, you say, like, oh, they're winning games. It wasn't pretty. You know, the stats didn't jump off the page, but they were winning, so you kept going with it. But now you're not winning. You're not moving the ball. You're not scoring points. You're not really scaring the opposing defense. So what do you do? Problem is you got 14 more games. You can't punt the season away. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. People want, same thing, people want to blame the offensive line. It's not the offensive line. It's not. Quarterback's got to get rid of the ball. You can't sit there and hold the ball for 10 seconds. It's the NFL. It's not Pop Warner football. You know, BYU, for example, you could run around and scramble and make plays and you'd have all day for somebody to finally come open or you could make the hero highlight play, which makes you the second pick overall in the draft, let's say. You can't do that in this league. They're too good. Everybody's up here for a reason. Offensive line's giving you time to throw the ball, but you got to diagnose, you got to read, and boom, you got to pop. 800-919-3776. 800-919-3776. We'll continue your phone calls. We'll also get into some Yankee conversation as well. What changes are going to be in store come the offseason? Dan Gross' show, 9870 ESPN. First of all, I'd answer the door and say, what the hell are you doing here? This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Get some Andrea Bocelli calls as we move forward through the program. Let us say hi to Griffin in Connecticut. I know he's a big Bocelli fan. He's up next year on 98.7. Griffin, how are you? Good. How are you, Dan? Griffin, I'm doing outstanding. How was the, uh, how was the Liberty game on Sunday? Um, the performance, bad. Okay. In the second half. The atmosphere, incredible. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. It, was, uh, it was packed. There, there were there – were, thought there were there were basically no seats empty they were all full are you a big are you a big food guy when you go to games and stuff like that yeah sometimes what did you have on sunday at the at barclays uh hot dog and french fries that that you know what that's a nice little uh nice little combo right there for you while you're watching some hoops how about your saints They're blowing a big lead out there in Green Bay. I mean, that probably made the hot dog and fries want to turn over in your stomach when you got home to watch that, right? God. Uh, Very disappointed. Just not really happy, but I knew we weren't going to win every game. And Derek Carr got hurt in the game. I mean, it it couldn't have gone worse for you. No, 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 it couldn't. But but I'm glad that. It's not that bad with Derek Carr. So yes, week to week, he should he should be. We're back looking at, at a cup. Maybe I, I I would be very surprised if he plays this week. So it's probably Jameis this week. But yeah, we can. What else is on your mind, uh, Griff? Um, that's really. I just wanted to let you know this. Uh, it was packed. It was crazy. This like city, I feel like is starving for a title, and I I understand why. Yeah, I can imagine. It's been like roaming yeah. through the Sahara Desert for way too long, you know, looking for a, a drop of water. I know. What do you think about your – you're not going to watch your Yankees tonight? Garrett Cole, big big final start of the season, no? Yeah, I'm going to probably put it on. I'll say it's on prime, so I don't like one. I don't like stuff when it's on prime. Yeah, who needs that streaming? I'm not that a very, streaming is for the birds. 
I'm not a very big fan of the prime because you can't flip around. That's you have to watch just that. See, Griff knows. Do you have a tablet or something? You have an iPad? You can watch it on, on the tablet. I've used I used my computer last weekend to watch the Giant game because I was also watching the U.S. Women's Soccer. Oh, gotcha. So, gotcha. Well, I mean, at least so the good thing is this is going to be the last prime game of the season, so you don't have to worry about it after tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right, Griff. Thanks for checking terrible. in, brother. Yeah. Talk to you, you know soon. What? There's, yeah, there's Griffin in Connecticut. So he went to go see the Liberty on Sunday, came home, saw that his Saints blew a big lead against the Packers. Derek Carr messed up his shoulder. All and right, he doesn't like watching. And he doesn't like watching the Yankees on Prime, which okay. you know, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, let us say hi to Peter, who is calling from the state of Pennsylvania. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Peter, how are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you doing? Good, Pete. I'm doing outstanding. What's going on? I am a transplant from Brooklyn, New York. She's riding in PA right now. Long-time Jet fan. By the way, can I ask a question, if I may, Peter? I don't want to get too personal, of course. How would you be consuming this fine program right now? Are you listening on the app? On the radio. Oh, on the radio. You get it in Pennsylvania? Yes. Wow. How about that? There you go. Absolutely. Nice. So, I've been a Jet fan for 50-plus years. Okay. And I wanted to just call in. I haven't called in in a while. And I wanted to call in and just agree with a caller that you had probably the two two callers back. And, you know, I, I watched the game. I watched it over. I watched it twice now since mm-hmm. Sunday. And, yes, does. Wilson have flaws? Yes, he does. But watch it, watching um, the, the commentators go over the game um, last night on ESPN, they were pointing out the same thing that the commentators on Sunday were pointing out. Yes, he was rushed. Yes, he may have not seen the open man, which was a dink and dunk off, but are receivers going downfield? We're not open enough for Zach Wilson to throw the ball downfield to them. They were. You know? They were. Go back and look at the tip. Look at Wilson's first catch from Zach. What did he do? That was a hike, throw it right over to Wilson, and, and he slipped after catching the ball, which he could have probably taken for a nice 10 yards, 11 yards. Other receivers got hit in the numbers and dropped the ball. I am not saying that that does not have flaws. But this coaching staff needs to come up with a game plan now to allow him to get comfortable with this old line who has not done its job. Well, it was a new line. Remember, it was a new line, right? Right, Pete? Last week, yeah, those five guys, that was trying, the first time they were playing they've together. They've been trying to match pieces here. You go right. over here. You come here. How the heck? Aaron Rodgers is probably looking at people and saying, yay, I am happy I'm not there because I would have been on the ground. Yeah, I, here's the thing, though, Pete, and I thank you for the phone call. I, I, I think you're giving um, a little bit too much looking the other way. When trying to absolve him of blame. Look, it's a team thing. Everybody's got to bear some responsibility. But I just got done talking about it. We've been discussing it for a few days now, right? The offensive line gave him enough time to throw. 
But you got to trust your reads. You got to trust your instinct. This is year three. It's year three, right? Remember, this is this is an offensive coordinator. Everybody wants to you now you know start to point the finger at Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett was the guy in 2017 when he was the offensive coordinator of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had Blake Bortles as his quarterback. And they went all the way to the AFC Championship game. The Jaguars had a top 10 offense that year with Blake Bortles. Their number one wide receiver was Marquise Lee. So it's not like this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing and can't devise a scheme that could bring out the best in an offense. Okay, It was good enough to win two straight MVPs with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Now, granted, that's Aaron Rodgers, but that standard is extremely high. But you could see that if you get the right guy in there and somebody capable of actually executing, it could work. I mean, remember, there was a different coaching staff here on the offensive side of the ball the last two years, his first two years in the league, and he still didn't get the results that maybe you wanted it to see. So if you have one coaching staff that they made walk the plank that wasn't producing results, now you get a new coaching staff in here also not getting the results that you desire. Maybe it's not the coaching staff's fault altogether, and maybe the player is the one that probably absorbs some of that blame. Maybe, right? Just a guess. I'm playing connect the dots here. That's all. Chris in Jersey up next on 98.7 ESPN. Christopher, how are you? No, not too bad. I'm a little, little disappointed, but thanks for taking my call. I don't understand how in any profession, if you're not living up to the standard of doing your job, you're out. I mean, even last year, yeah, we won five games with Zach, but that was because of Bryce Hall. I mean, take Bruce him away. Hall. When he got hurt, that was it. It was it was done. He can't throw the ball. He can't read defenses, and he gets flustered. And with that, that's not a that's not a QB in the NFL. No, no. Now I blame the, I blame the staff. I don't blame the offensive coordinator. I blame the staff on not having a proper backup. That's that's what I that's what I I blame. You knew what you had with Zach Wilson after the first two years. Miraculously, was he going to change the third year and become Aaron Rodgers? No. Why but is it Chris, that so many other people can see it, but our 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 organization can't? That's what, that's Chris, what makes me Chris, so Chris, remember crazy. something about the backup, and I've been and I've been talking about this a lot. They got Aaron Rodgers, okay, at the end of April is when that trade finally went down. By that time, the guys who were considered to be the quote-unquote top backups, most of them had already found new teams, right? So if you're the Jets, and if you're a backup quarterback, let's say, that's out there that wants to maybe see the field, nobody, nobody is resigned to just sitting the bench. Like, if you're a competitor and you make it all the way to the NFL, nobody is just going to take lying down, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a backup and never want to play. Guys are competitors. They want to play. So if you know that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of a team, why would somebody want to willingly sign with that team knowing that chances are he'll probably never see the field? And I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I get that point. But after four plays and your star goes down, you don't immediately go out and grab somebody. So now, cards who? out. Chris, so who? Jamin who? Winston's off. Who? Who are you well, signing? He, Nobody worth a damn was available when the season starts. You know that. Well, he, you know what? You, you, had, Nobody. you had opportunities. Chris, nobody, 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 nobody. And I thank you for the phone call. You know, like, let, let, let's face it. The quarterback is the most important position 
in all of sports. Take any sport you want. It is the number one prioritized position. Any quarterback who is able, can breathe, can walk, can see, can lift his arm is going to be part of a franchise on September the 12th once the season has already started. Right? Anybody. Because if that player can help that team win a game in any capacity, they will be on that team's roster. That's how important it is. You're not finding somebody who's going to be able to save you out on the street after the season begins. That's not how this thing works. You know, say what you want about Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon is not exactly setting the bar high. He was available because he got cut by the Bengals. He was in training camp with the Bengals, and he lost the backup quarterback job to Jake Browning. Jake Browning. But think about the struggles that this team has had offensively the first two games of the season. Trevor Simeon now walks into the building, and all you're looking at him as, and this is how low the bar has been set. You look at what he's done in his career, and you're like, geez, that's like all world compared to the offensive production that we've gotten the first two weeks or the last two weeks of the season. That if you ever had to turn to him, you say, hey, I'll take it. But that's not what your goal is. And with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt four plays into the season, guys, remember, we're not talking about a guy who was an injury-prone quarterback. He played every game eight of the last nine years in the NFL. Talking about Rodgers. Eight of the last nine years played every single game. I don't care that he's 39 years old. You don't expect him to get injured. And nobody, even if you're a witch doctor, four plays into the season, thinks that this guy's going to have a season-ending injury. And if that happens... It is impossible to pick up the pieces like that. Teams don't build their entire offseason program, devise their roster, planning for a disaster to happen on the first drive of the season. They don't. And you know what? You can blame the coaching staff and blame this. Guys, go back to 1999 all over again. That's when Vinny popped his Achilles first week of the season when the Jets had themselves a Super Bowl caliber team and they had the best coaching staff or one of the best coaching staffs in the league, right? That coaching staff was littered with Super Bowl rings. You had Parcells and Belichick on that coaching staff. It took them weeks, weeks to finally pivot and find what worked because they stuck with Rick Meyer too long And by his own fault, unfortunately, it probably cost the Jets a spot in the playoffs that year because when he finally turned the reins over to Ray Lucas and said, geez, we got a guy here that can actually move this offense and help us win games, it was too little too late. Even the best find it difficult to recover from something that significant. 800-919-3776. More to do. Grasso till 9, 98.7 ESPN. God. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> yeah, see, this, this would be me. This would be my demo, right, a week after uh, singing lessons from Andrea Bocelli. That's what I would sound like. If you could see me sing to everybody once or twice a week. So speaking of singing, I might cry before the end of this segment. That is it's very moving. It's very emotional. I'm telling you, I'm feeling it already. 
So speaking of another singer, and maybe this is like the worst, you know, worst kept secret in the world. Front Office Sports is, and they're pretty reputable, of course. Front Office Sports is reporting that Taylor Swift is expected to attend Sunday night's game. Chiefs and the Jets. There you go. Breaking news. Yep, breaking news. What are the chances Taylor Swift is live in the coaches club with Grasa and Buttle pregame show? What do we got to do to make that happen? How do we have to sneak her into the coaches club? Like, didn't she leave the stadium the other day in like a popcorn machine or something? Or she walked out of the suite in like a popcorn machine? And that's how they got her down to like the ground floor in like the freight elevator. I don't know how they could make that happen. That'd be one hell of an interview. I wonder what kind of questions Buttle would fire at her. <laughs> well, you look at the Jets. You look at Zach Wilson. And I, 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 I don't think it's all Zach Wilson's fault with the offense. What do, what do you think? <laughs> oh, I could wish that could happen. People buy replica belts all the time. All the time. All the time. There is supposed to be like a quarterback, I heard, maybe at the game on Sunday night, too. You don't eat ketchup. I don't know who that was directed at, but it can't be me because I love ketchup. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, too. You know, we talk about it's Look, it's, if you're going to lose a player like Rodgers, somebody of his ilk, his caliber, right? And it's going to be a season-ending injury. If that's going to happen, you're almost kind of better off it happening during training camp or during the preseason. Because, look, even though it's not the ideal situation, but those extra few weeks or full whatever, that might be able to buy you some time to come up with a plan B or to be able to pivot or do whatever you have to do to kind of pick up the pieces and then try to salvage whatever is left of this season, Right. Because you're not actually playing real games and you don't have to sacrifice real games while you're still trying to learn how to ride a bike with the training wheels, which is essentially, I think, what the Jets are dealing with right now. But that's the reality, and it doesn't get any easier because you got the Chiefs coming in on Sunday night. Brian is in Milburn. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Brian, how are you? Hey, how you doing, Dan? I just want to say... I never seen in my whole entire life of anything professionally or like just a regular person that a person get a pass for the way he's been he's been playing. I just don't understand. You know what? I don't care what nobody say. I heard a couple of people say it on the radio. It got something to do with his family and and and, and Woody. It, that's the only thing it could be. There's no way around you can explain that. Everybody see he play like garbage, and there's there's no way yeah, but Brian, you can explain that to nobody. Brian, I don't know where that sort of narrative kind of gained speed and momentum about like the family and the relationship. Like I, because I, I don't know where that comes from, honestly. Like I have no idea. Look, look, look what's going on though. It gotta be something that we're not, we don't know. Like, like, say, say that's a gray area. Like you saying, Dan, that's a gray area. We really don't know about that. But something ain't right. Like he got pictures on a coach or Woody. Something ain't right for you to just, you know, them guys in that locker room ain't going to keep putting up with that, man. But, Brian, let me ask not. you a question. Brian, let me ask you a question. You're a smart guy. I know you're a smart guy. Yeah, of course. If that was true, and this crazy rumor about the family and Woody and all this other stuff, if it was true, 
okay? Mm-hmm. Why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why, oh, why would they have gone out and traded for Aaron Rodgers to essentially you take the job away you. from Zach Wilson? Okay, Tom, I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. They would go get, like, same answer they would have did Derek Carr. They probably would have, like, okay, we're going to make Zach Wilson third recruit, and if you don't make it, oh, well, whatever. Mm-hmm. But once they know that Aaron Rodgers really like him, oh, we could save him. And we'll look like geniuses that Aaron Rodgers come in and teach him. That's what I'm trying to tell you. That's what that was about, man. But, you but, right but, what but you're think, saying. But, Brian, does that make – again, if you're a competitor, and I would hope you are if you're the second pick in the draft, would somebody voluntarily and willingly, as they're entering the prime of their career, want to sit there and say, okay – I'll willingly hold a clipboard for the next two to three years and not play at all. No, they'd probably say, trade me. I want to go someplace where I can even play and see the field instead of just sitting there and holding Aaron Rodgers' towel. But you got to look at who's saying it. This is Zach Wilson, who don't look good at all. And that, now his idol's coming in there and it's going to show him the ropes. Of course he'll sit back there in front of his idol and learn from the ropes. He mm. wouldn't really put up a fuss. Now, yeah, probably he was like not... Derek Carr or somebody, yeah, maybe you got a point, but – and yeah, but Brian, he's not a kid. I mean, he's not a teenager. You know, this isn't like my, uh, you know, I go home and I sleep in my parents, you know, basement or whatever, and I got the Aaron Rodgers poster on my wall, and, oh, I'm going to do anything just to be around them, like a fanboy. No, that's not how this works. He's a professional now. This is his career. This is his legacy all on the line. And if there weren't any politics at play and if there were all these other, like, extracurricular things in the works – why did he get benched two times last year? Because God forbid, if he had this inside track, they never would have taken him off the field, right? All right, one more hour still to play with. More of your calls at 800-919-3776. We come back, though. I want to get into a little baseball for a second because new report from Bob Klappish implying that there could be massive, his words, not mine, massive changes for the Yankees in the offseason. We'll get into it. Grasso Show for another 60, 98.7 ESPN. I hear that you want to be this wonderful Italian singer. 